Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. So welcome everybody to today's podcast. I'm thrilled to have Susan Guthrie here today. She's a family law attorney and mediator, and I found her by listening to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. So welcome to the Ex-Experts podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, For everybody, Jessica is not able to be on our podcast today, so I'm flying solo, but I'm going to do my best to represent as best Uh I can. Um, so let's start, you know, from where you want to start, like you're a family law attorney, you have your own personal story and this awesome podcast for connecting with people. So how did this start? Like, what was the light bulb that went off the, that said, you know what, there is a missed opportunity here and people need me in another way. Yeah. I, I love starting with that question. Um, because, as a 30 plus year veteran of the divorce world, I would say, uh, I think my journey is is much like the journey of the public at large. I started out thinking 31 years ago, divorce had to be a certain way, right? It had to be the litigated attorney-led process. And, and I was the attorney. I was the one in, you know, helping people in that way. My husband always calls it a freedom fighter position, but I learned over time as I watched people go through the process. And then I went through the process and then I met someone, my current husband who went through the process with children. My evolution is the same, you know, in many ways as I've learned there's better ways to do it than that litigation model. So my whole goal these days with the podcast, with talking to other people, with everything that I do is to let people know that there's a better way for many of us. And it all comes down to that self-determination as opposed to putting your life in the hands of someone else and expecting that the process will make determinations for you. Stay in control. Hang on to you know your your vision of your life because it is your life, and the decisions that you make are going to affect it. It's really scary. So, did you litigate your your divorce? You know, I didn't litigate it, um, but I did hire you know one of my colleagues and friends. I was smart enough not to say, "Oh, hey, I'm a divorce attorney. I'll handle my own divorce." Right. Um, but I still, you know. I did what I just said, don't do. I put my, you know, my process in someone else's hands and learned a lot through that process because it ended up taking longer and being a little more difficult than it really needed to be. And I fell into, by the way, I don't want any of your listeners to think I didn't fall into every trap that I now try to help people avoid. Uh, You know, I fell into the anger, I fell into the emotional content, I went through and did all the don'ts that I want to help people not do. So I was headed towards, I feel like I litigated because I was heading to trial and we've, you know, we mediated and we had a, you know, a a panel of lawyers and all this other stuff, but it only takes one person to drag you in a bad direction. You need both sides and the lawyers, by the way, to say, okay, we can handle this in a better way. Just like you're saying, what do you do in a situation where like I was married to kind of a loose cannon and his lawyer was the same thing and my lawyer wasn't much better. So the three of them were dragging me through 
the day of trial, four years later, he decided to settle. Like, yeah. really? <laughs> Could have done this any other time. Right. If you thought you were going to settle today, why did we go through all of this? So what are you telling people now who kind of get dragged into it? Because nobody, I don't believe anybody really wants to litigate. I believe that people just want what they want and feel that maybe litigation is the only way to get there. But that's not really the case, right? It's not. And unfortunately, you know, yes, you're 100% correct. If things like mediation, collaborative law, uh, sitting down at the kitchen table and working it out like reasonable human beings all take two people to, to step up to that table. Um, and part of it, I think, though, goes be, you know, before that even becomes the decision. And one of the things I try to do so much today these days is to talk to the public at large, to the people who are not yet there um, or who you know, don't even need the information as they sit there and hear me speak today. It was interesting. Somebody just reached out to me the other day and said, you know, I heard you speak about divorce mediation five years ago at the La Jolla Rotary Club. And I just wanted you to know that five years later, what I heard that day changed the course of the divorce for my wife and I. And I so appreciated that person reaching out because that's exactly you know, what I hope for people that in a moment of clarity and calmness, they can hear the information so that when they're later in a time of upset or upheaval, they will remember that there can be that better way. Because what happens, and I think you touched on it, is people in the heat of the moment, in the time of upset, anger, hurt, fear, whatever those things are, that's when they think litigation sounds like a good idea. It sounds like a punishment. It sounds like a way to beat up the other party and get back that pound of flesh that you feel you've lost. And as you know, and I know that doesn't happen and that's not what you get in the litigation process. Um, so I think it goes to, I always call it giving everyone that moment of time to calm down um, at the beginning of the divorce. It's, it's when you jump in and do things in the heat of the emotional content that the biggest mistakes are made. So I always say, take a pause. So let's talk about how social media also plays into this. So you can be mad, angry, vindictive, whatever. But then when you broadcast that on social media, it's, it, it's a disaster. I mean, I feel like I'm definitely aging myself by saying that the, I first went on Facebook after I separated, but that was during my divorce process, but I was new to all of it. So what are like your top do's and don'ts? And what is the purpose of social media that can help you in divorce and can really hurt you in divorce? It's such an important topic. I'm so glad you're touching on this because there are do's and there are very definite don'ts. Um, the do's are, I really feel like there's a great amount of valuable information in the social media stratosphere for when you're going through divorce or any difficult transition, right? There are people like you, me, 
uh, and a myriad of our other professional compatriots, right, outputting really good content. So for the absorption of information, for educating yourself, there, there's a vast wealth of, out there for you. But the flip side of it is the big don't. And that is where you use social media as an outlet for your anger, frustration, emotional content, et cetera, because that's all going to, excuse my French, but come back and bite you in the ass. It will, right? It's, it's just, it's available to the world at large. And trust me, your spouse is going to find that I've been in court more times than I can count where a blow up of your nasty gram about your ex is held up in a photo. I've had pictures of one of my clients sitting on a yacht with his blonde girlfriend with the bottle of champagne sitting in his lap when he was trying to reduce his alimony payments, right? I mean, I've had she it was all. She paying, right? She was paying the bill. I didn't pay Yeah, oh, that's exactly what he yes. said. And by the way, the boat was like his brand new boat that he had named after the girlfriend. Oh. It was it was a disaster in a courtroom, let me tell you. I was not the happy Your attorney. Or he was it was client. my clients oh, and yeah. his ex-wife had gotten all the pictures. And here's the other thing to know, and that's that story was a is, is a lesson to be learned. In that particular case, the ex-wife had gone on and her daughter had friended the girlfriend on Facebook. And so the husband was like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't post it. My girlfriend posted it. Yeah. And I was like, trust me, it doesn't matter whether you're the one posting or someone near and dear to you or not even that, that near and dear. If it's on social media, someone's going to find it and someone's going to use it against you. So what do they do? Like, don't take any photographs with anybody while you're getting a divorce? Don't, yeah, don't. Don't let the people closest to you know that going Instagram official right now is not what's important, right? You know, so if, if your new significant other is really, you know, heavy into, I really need to get us out there on social media. One, I want you to think about what that says in the first place. Like, why is that so important? But also you just have to curate your life when you are going through a divorce, you are under a microscope the entire time. And with the world we live in today, I just had a case where somebody's ring doorbell video was used in court against them because they showed up at the door and were belligerent and nasty mm -hmm. in front of the children at a pickup. And the ring doorbell video is what was used. I mean, you are under that microscope 24 seven right now. And it's not your friend. We don't always behave or put out the most flattering view of ourselves. And it, it, it can come back to hurt you. It really can. Well, it's, it's a, it's a little nerve wracking, I would think also because social media is such a huge part of our lives now. And now to think you're like on lockdown and, and look, your goal is to be finished with your ex and move on with your life. And so these are the small sacrifices that we have to make. I have a lot of friends who aren't on Facebook who are happily married just because they don't want to deal with it. So I feel like you just have to kind of put on a different mindset here. It's not like you're being 
told what not to do, it's it's a blip on the radar. It's a small amount of time in your life for a better outcome overall, right? Yeah. And, and it's really, it's not that you can't participate in social media, feel free to go on there and post innocuous, you know, a picture of you and your kids having a nice time, perhaps. Okay. Um, you, but, but the, the X bashing, um, the, the nasty comments and the things that might come back to contradict the viewpoint of your lifestyle that you're putting out there in a, in a case, those are things to think about. Right. Right. And the other thing, you know, the other place that I really get concerned for people in social media is that there can be that tendency to use it as an outlet for your negativity and your emotional content and other people will jump on and bolster that. So it can also be a place where a victim mentality or a negative perspective can unfortunately be reinforced Mm -hmm. um, and perpetuated when it's not really helpful to you. So what about all of those hidden accounts, right? Like people make up a fake Facebook account or fake Instagram. I know that my children have Finsta. Finsta. I'm just going off the limited knowledge I have about all the ways my kids post on social media that I'm not fully aware of. So what about those? I mean, how do you track people down with those? And are they tracked down with those kinds of accounts? They are. I mean, absolutely. First of all, in a legal case. So if you are in a divorce and there's a legal action pending, understand that everything is discoverable. So very easily, and it's a part of our standard interrogatories, questions um, under oath that we send to people, what are your Instagram and what are your social media accounts? List all of them in the space below. Right. And so under oath, you're now going to answer that question. And mm-hmm. if you have a Finsta or a fake Facebook, the uh, a truthful answer would include those. So right there, they're discoverable. And once that content, again, if you need to get something out for now, you're better off journaling it in a private written journal than making it an electronic Yeah, I feel like ego gets in the way a lot too, probably like with your client, you know, he probably felt like a stallion. He got like a hot little blonde thing. He's on a boat, like he's living his best life. And why can't he live his best life? Because if you're asking and, and you're saying, you know, I only make this much money, I only can pay this much money, but you're living that other kind of life. You have to know that that doesn't work so well in court. Yeah, it, and it didn't, by the way. I mean, it, it really did not go in his favor. The judge not only didn't lower his alimony, he raised it. Um, <laughs> it was a total bite you in the rear end moment. And, you know, for him, it, it was just being in that moment. And he, re- he really didn't think that his ex-wife would get a hold of his girlfriend's account. He should have known better. Um, and And I think it goes to that you know, suspend the moment of gratification you get by putting something out there in the social media world and think longer term, think longer view. Um, 
And mm. think about the emotional aspect of that. I really caution people, if you're getting that much positive feedback through your phone, maybe that says something that you should be looking at too. Right, right. So what about when you're mediating and it's not going in front of a judge? What are your recommendations with social media? Same thing? Sure, because you can be sitting there in a, you know, in a mediation and have your spouse hold up their phone and go, what about this? You know, or that's how people find things out for the most part. Like if you are going to go take a nice weekend away and then come to a mediation session and have a discussion with your soon-to-be ex-spouse about finances, don't be surprised when they say, well, you just went to the Ritz-Carlton Resort for a weekend and it looks like you had some really nice dinners and a spa day because mm-hmm. you posted all about it. Don't be surprised when that comes up if you put that all out there. So what platforms other than Facebook and Instagram should, also, should people also be mindful of? When I say social media, I just mean like anything public and you just mentioned the ring camera. Like what are... What are all the places that people are posting and and sharing information maybe they shouldn't be that you can think of? You know, it's really anywhere. It's LinkedIn. If If you work for a company that's putting out notices and they put something out about your big promotion, just know that that's now a part of the public domain that's going to be out there. When you you post something on LinkedIn about just like that big deal that you just closed, Make sure you understand that that's all discoverable, easily discoverable information. Uh, TikTok accounts, uh, Snapchat account, I mean, it's uh, Pinterest accounts, you name it. If you're putting it out there, don't be surprised to see it come back on a screen capture for you. Um, It's just too easy for people to find things and they live forever. It is one of the biggest myths out there that you can wipe out your, you know, your videos or your, oops, sorry, my, somehow that got put (laughs) on there. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, but you, you know, really it's uh, once it's out there, it's always out there. And that applies to Snapchat too, because I believe I had a situation with one of my daughters. I was only looking down because sometimes when I look away, I like think better. Right. <laughs> um, she said that, um, you know, it disappears on Snapchat. But now there's a feature that you can record what's on Snapchat, right? Yeah. So and there's a way. And there's always the, the screenshot. screen capture. Yes, it tells them that you took a screenshot of it, but doesn't mean you can do anything about it. So, so. is the recommendation really just like, shut down social media. Don't even be tempted by it until your divorce is over. Yes. I mean, that's what I say to all of my clients is, you know, just take the higher road with it. Then you never have to worry. I don't say stay off of it. You can still find really valuable content that will help you um, and help you find experts and help you find professionals who can help you. Uh, a lot of the, you know, fantastic divorce coaches I know, the podcasts that are out there, you know, all of that is out there on social media to help you find those resources. But that doesn't mean that you then have to interact or post about your particular situation. A lot of people will find an account on social that they like and will post questions 
in write in the comments about their personal case. Um, that's not that a lot on Facebook groups, honestly. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me. And and it's even though it's a private group, it's private for what 40,000 people. All you have to do is answer four questions, and you can totally lie in those questions and join the group. Yeah. And because people feel like they're behind some sort of protected wall, they let even more personal data come through and can be very negative about their ex. Um, and very often exes are not, you know, they figure out a way to get in there by answering four, on, you know, four questions with a lie, come up with a right. fake persona. And I've seen those comments used in courtrooms. Um, and then people, I feel like only by reading some of the exchanges I've seen, they listen to the responses. Like, yes. And so sometimes I'm reading and I'm like, this is a problem. Call your lawyer. Yes. Like, don't I feel like ask. I have to interject. This is out of control. You guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't even know this person. You don't right. know anything about her life or him or, or anything. And you're giving advice. I mean, and she's listening. So I think that's also like a really big red flag about some of these groups and social media. It's just like, I'm sure you've told many people and I, I kind of learned the hard way. Um, but I had my best friend, Jessica, going through my divorce, but a lot of everyone's got an opinion. Everybody's got advice. Everybody knows the answer, right? Yeah. They don't know anything. They don't know anything about you, your situation, what goes on behind closed doors. You can't let that chirping like egg you on. And I feel like social media also encourages that. And then you walk in, you're going to sound potentially like a loose cannon or an idiot. If I walk into your office, Susan, I'm like, I was told that you yeah. should be doing X, Y, and Z by some stranger on a Facebook group of 40,000 people. Like, do you ever get that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, you know, I heard from so-and-so. It used to be I heard from my friend that she's getting $40,000 a month in alimony. And why am I not getting $40,000 a month in alimony? But now it's I heard from some complete stranger who has, you know, um, you know, I don't know, love in the delta.com, <laughs> you know, who told me she's getting $400,000 right. a month. And, and yes, it's, it's, a, it's a big danger. And it's, that goes back to that aspect of anybody can put anything out there. Um, and there's a, there's a entire community around, um, you know, support, but a lot of times that support will only support you in a negative way, not a positive way. I think people mean the best, but what they'll okay. put out there is their, their reference. Right. Um, and so just because their ex is a jerk, doesn't mean that your ex is a jerk just because this is what happened in their case certainly does not mean that's, what's going to happen in your case. I was talking to Kate Anthony, my friend, um, last night who has the He's divorce awesome. survival. Yeah. Kate's just, fat. yeah, we, you guys actually came up in our conversation and we were saying, you guys are awesome. Um, Kate has a private Facebook community. Should I stay or should I go community? And she curates it and monitors it constantly. Yeah. That is, if you're going to get into a private Facebook group, get into one like that, right. where there's someone who is 
in charge and will call people when they start doing things like that um, and making sure, you know, she'll tag me sometimes and say, Susan, this is a legal question. Can you weigh in on this? Um, or she'll weigh in when it comes to a coaching or communication, you know, it's just, you want that type of oversight. You don't want unfettered access because God knows what people are going to tell you. Right. So in ex-experts, what we're trying to do or what we are, one of our, our goals and purpose is to really provide our listeners with vetted resources, whether it's yourself, Kate Anthony, Michelle Dempsey, all these amazing lawyers and experts everywhere. Because when you go online anyway, and you Google, you don't know who the hell they are. You don't know the qualifications. They could be scammers for all you know. And that's the last thing you need when you're going through a divorce. So really like making sure you do your homework before you put your information out there and always be smart and think about it. Like do a gut check. Is this, does this really sound like, it's like you can win a million dollars if you respond to this email today. Like, does that really sound reasonable? You (laughs) You need a gut check once in a while. Okay. So now what about the other side of it? Right. What about people who create a false personality on Facebook? I'm living in this tiny little house. I, this is my bare bones living. This is whatever that they kind of put out there. Um, So it's not representative to the truth. So how do you get those people there? They've got to be out there because there are posers everywhere, but yeah. I mean, it's not so hard to disprove that, right? I mean, because it's not hard to find us. You could put out a picture of a little teeny hovel that you say you're living in when you're actually living, you know, in a beautiful home on the hill. A private investigator, a, you know, drive by a Google search for your address. If you, anyone wonders if your address is easily you know, easy to be found, go Google yourself self sometimes. I mean, every address I've ever lived at is, you know, out there on the internet. So that creation of, of a false identity or the, that false persona, you're only attacking your own credibility. Because, uh, you know, I, we always tell people, if you put something out there that's not true, in the world we live in today, disproving that is easier than ever. So the minute you create something that can be disproven, you then throw your credibility with the court and with everybody else you're dealing with into doubt permanently. Lie once, lose credibility forever. Um, And I've seen the devastating effects of that in litigated cases, in mediations. When you sit down at the table with your ex and try to start working forward, but you've lied, Think about how hard it is to recreate trust in those situations. Yeah, so probably going to spend a lot more money showing that the other person lied. I mean, depositions and experts, and it's not a good place to be just, I mean, from my personal experience, not as an attorney, not as a coach, just tell the truth. And even if it's good, bad, and ugly, so you just move on with your life. I mean, that's ultimately the goal is to just put this behind you as well as you can, as thoughtfully in terms of finance and your children and everybody else as you can. So you, you've got like a whole big life ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people divorce is a finite time in your life. 
it feels all encompassing and it feels like forever, but it's really this little tiny blip on the radar of your entire life. Get to your, get beyond it. The biggest gift you can give to yourself is getting your divorce over with. That extra thousand dollars that you're arguing over will mean nothing a year from now. I actually posted on our Instagram not that long ago, I had just sold my home that I moved to when I separated and basically raised my children in for the last 13 years. They were eight, six, and four. We moved in. They're 21, 20, and 17 now. Yeah. And I took all the furniture when we separated because we were in transition. It was all in storage. I took it all. And this stupid couch spent so much money on it in our first home. And my advice on my Instagram story was, give them the couch, give them the electronics. Cause now I had to pay someone to haul that thing out of my basement to the driveway and then pay someone else to pick it up and trash it. Yeah. So go get your own stuff. Enjoy your own stuff. Let them have it all. Let them sell it all. Let them deal with it all. Start fresh. So is that the one piece of advice you'd like our audience to know? As a matter of fact, absolutely. It is you know, the phrase I use is your peace of mind has a dollar sign attached to it. And only, you know, what it is, your peace of mind comes when your divorce is finalized, when you put these decisions over a couch or over a television set or over 15 minutes of drop off or pick up, put if, when you can put that out of your life and move forward, that is your gift. And, and I always tell people that, who say to me, why can't my divorce, why can't it get it end? Why is it just going on and on? He always argues with me or she won't accept anything I offer. And I always say, just flip that around and look at what are you holding out for? And is it really worth it? Because so often it's that couch that you really <laughs> don't care about. And As I honestly it, didn't even think out. about it at the time. I was just like, I'm taking everything. Yeah. And here I am hauling this thing out. Well, thank you so much, Susan. It's, it was a pleasure to talk to you and get your input. And everybody, please listen to what she has to say about social media so you don't get caught up in a bad situation. No, thank you so much for having me. Such an important topic. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.